The idea of this podcast is simple, discipleship. We want to bring the gospel message about how to interact with your coworkers, your culture, your friends, everyone around you in a biblical way, which is, in essence, discipleship. What did Jesus do when he came to this earth? He took the devil's stuff. The Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm 1101 tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. Pete and Pooty out of semi-retirement to record some podcasts for you guys by popular demand. <laughs> by popular demand. Well, we do get we do get told all the time, why don't you guys do content anymore? And it honestly, I don't know have a good answer for that question. There was a lot that went on, and church has been crazy and busy. But now we've hopefully worked out something that we can record a, a little bit more frequently. But it is good to be back. We don't need to make excuses, and we don't need to build up anybody's hopes because we've done this a few times. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, we're here to record a podcast. So what you're saying is it could potentially be fake news that we're out of semi-retirement. It could be. Fake it could news. Be. Okay, yeah. like, I'm going to blame you. You're an extremely busy guy, and that has not changed. That's increased over the last year, I would say. It has been crazy, but it's all good kind of busyness. Like God's doing some cool stuff at the church, and uh, we got a lot more people to care for there. But quite frankly, part of the motivation to come out of semi-retirement, if you want to call it that, is that we do have a lot more people at the church. And this podcast started as just a way for us to teach people in our church throughout the week. And so there's all these new people, and we want to introduce them to this side of the ministry coming out of Crossroads. So yeah, so we're here to record for them and for those listening around the world. If you if you're still or for some two, reason those two subscribe. people in Moscow, <laughs> if you, you still are somehow subscribed to our podcast, yeah. you're welcome. We're yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> West Mooborn will be happy that we're back. We'll get a message from him. Other than that, um, there's just a whole lot of crickets out there. But here we are. Yeah, so we're back and we're in Garage Mahal, which is cool. And there's so much. I mean, we we can't even catch up. Remember, we used to every once in a while just do like a catch up on the headlines and we just do a news episode. I feel like we couldn't do that just because it's been so long since we recorded and there's so much stuff that's happened. But there's a lot going on in the culture right now. And uh, and one of the things that kind of motivated us to come back with this episode is since the last time we recorded, there's been... The trucker convoy, right? The Canadian trucker convoy was a huge thing. I was up in Ottawa for some of that. And so we talked about doing some episodes there. We talked about doing some live episodes from up there, but there's just so much going on and we never got around to actually recording and and, uh, editing anything. But one of the things that we've noticed through all of this, so you got the trucker convoy. And for those of you who are outside of Canada, one of the weird phenomenon about that whole thing was that you could get more accurate information about what was going on with the trucker convoy outside of Canada than you could inside of Canada. Absolutely. Our legacy media here in Canada is so in bed with the federal government and so corrupted that you just cannot trust the news that's coming out of there. So I was up in Ottawa 
and I'm looking and the truckers who were part of the convoy had a schedule made up uh, of, of who was cleaning the streets, who was collecting garbage, who was taking the garbage to the dump at the end of the day. One of the things that a lot of people don't necessarily know is that the city of Ottawa actually pulled all of the garbage cans and recycling receptacles off the streets around Parliament. And they did that so that the trucker convoy would be creating a mess that they could then report on. And so you're hearing all these reports that monuments are getting vandalized and the streets are are super dirty. And um, there was one report that came out that talked about how truckers had been uh, stealing food from the homeless. And then I go up there and I spend some time there. So I'm, I'm talking to friends of mine and family of mine who just think this is the worst thing in the world. It's all neo-Nazi skinheads and it's all, you know, racists up there. And, and I go up there and not only are there friendly people, lots of wonderful people, it was respectful. The, on the main stage, you'd have a bunch of the organizers get up and talk about, hey, if this is how, if they're anti-protesters, here, here's how you engage with them. Here's how you don't. When the police ask to see your ID, cooperate with them. You know, it was all like they were trying to go above and beyond. So they're cleaning the streets. They're shoveling snow. They're feeding the homeless. We talked to dozens of homeless people who were basically saying, we hope they stay all the time. We, we, we're actually getting fed here. <laughs> they're taking better care of us than the city ever has, interestingly. So anyway, all this to say... It was such a stark contrast between what the media said was going on up there and what was actually going on up there Yeah, that we kind of wanted to chat about that because now obviously everything has shifted over to Russia, Ukraine. So we want to talk a little bit about that as well. But sorry, I've been talking for a while. So no, no, I was just going to say it ties in perfectly what we want to talk about, which which is fake news, right? Like and having wisdom in that in that area um, and discernment. One of the reports that I remember seeing this when you were up there, um, I wasn't able to go when you went, but I remember... uh, Seeing a report of like violent protests happening in in Ottawa right now, and it was a picture of like a Nazi flag, and then the picture you guys sent me back. Actually, I think it was our other friend that was sent the photo was of bouncy castles and like yeah. ballrooms, and it's like <laughs> yeah. there's a disconnect between totally. reality and what is being reported, and I think that ties into what we want to talk about today. Is just how to navigate the situation that is happening overseas in the East. Good principles for Christians to kind of walk through this season of our culture. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, it's interesting. So obviously, um, I saw a meme the other day that I thought was quite hilarious. Maybe we'll use it for the thumbnail for this episode, but it was a Babylon Bee article. And so on their headline, it showed an article out that said, proof of pro-Ukraine stance now required for indoor dining. (laughs) Right. So it's like, which I thought, like, how brilliant, right? Like, but but this is it. You're now getting canceled, right? So I don't know if anybody's been following some of this stuff, but like Alexander Ovechkin, who's a Russian hockey player, some of the promo for some of the new NHL video games had him on the cover or on title screens and, and at various places that it's actually now he's he's getting pulled out of there. He's getting pulled off of there. And there's, you know, celebrities who are Russian who are getting, you know, stuff canceled on them and all this kind of stuff. And it's interesting because... When I was in history class as a kid, you heard about how some Germans who who were in Canada were being mistreated in Canada because of what was happening overseas. And we were always taught that was a bad thing, right? Like they're not the Nazis over there doing horrendous things. So it's just it's just interesting to see how this happens. But do we expect anything different with the way the unvaccinated were treated through all this? It's just a very interesting time to be alive for a lot of reasons. But what's super interesting, too, is because part of the last two years has been 
about racism, right? And so, like, what's happening now is that now it's okay to be racist. As long as you're racist against the right people. Exactly. As long as you're racist against white Russians, you're allowed to be, you're allowed to be, actually, in fact, you're encouraged to be. And I'm not saying there isn't wisdom to have about, like, maybe, like, there are certain things that are happening that aren't good. You know what I mean? But, like, it's it's funny how quickly the virtue signaling has turned to pro-Ukraine, anti-Russian, and all Russian people are bad. And it's like, well, no, that's not what's happening at all, right? Like, yeah. And I think one of the first things that, that I find interesting is, is that it seems like even after a couple of years, Christians have not learned that you ought not to speak until you know what you're speaking about, right? So immediately you see a bunch of Christians who they throw up Ukrainian flags on their social media profiles. They do posts about, you know, in support of Ukraine or I support Ukraine and all this kind of stuff. And I would just say, like, don't get me wrong. I think the people in Ukraine are suffering. We need to pray for what's going on in Ukraine. There are Christian churches in Ukraine. We have uh, missionaries through our denomination that are in, in Ukraine. And, uh, and there is. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of violence and, and all kinds of stuff. But this is not a black and white issue where sometimes we think that we're so discerning that we know, you know who the good guys are and who the bad guys are in every conflict. And immediately we're to jump on the good guys' side and, and against the bad guys. This is actually fairly complex geopolitical situation that's been unfolding for decades. And so Christians who don't have any of the history of what's been going on, contested areas in, in the Ukraine, don't know anything about how the Soviet Union was split up and what Putin's claims are to the area that he has asked for— And people also forget that in 2014, Putin was stirring up trouble in Ukraine at that time, too, when Barack Obama was the president. Interestingly, isn't it funny that, like, the guy who's buddies with, supposedly, the collusion with Russia guy is also the guy who kept Russia in check when he was in office? Like, so... Uh, everybody wants to talk about how pro-Russia Trump was. And yet when Trump was in the presidency, Russia backed away from Ukraine. Bullies don't pick on other bullies, right? Right. So yeah, you, exactly. get, you get a, and I guess I am making a very political statement right now. Yeah. Obviously, Trump is a bit of a bully and he's got America's military behind him. So Russia isn't going to pick a fight with him. Right. But Sleepy Joe. Sleepy Joe. <laughs> like Exactly. Like yeah. Barack. Just for a second, let's like, go on a bit of a tangent. Let's look from a Russian perspective into North American culture right now. What better time would it be to take advantage of of the situation if if we're saying that's what they're doing? But like America is a divided country looking into America. And I would say the same thing in Canada. Don't get don't get me wrong. I just think there's far more liberals in Canada than there is even in the U.S. But like looking in an enemy divided against itself isn't going to pose any threat to you. Right. So like looking from a, a Russian perspective, now is the time to do what you want to do in this situation, because America can't even unify around simple things rather than a big thing. So, like, from Putin's, like, perspective, America is weak at the moment. But that's a bit of a... a, t- <laughs> a funny trail, a but yeah, yeah, no, I think it's relevant. Um, I think what you're saying is really interesting, too, because the Bible tells us to be slow, like James slow 119, right? Be yeah. slow to speak, quick to hear, you know what I mean? Like, be, so that you don't get into anger, right? Slow to anger. Christians have lost this over the last few years. Part of it's just, like, impatience has gone away. Pump the brakes, get the facts then speak wisdom into the situation. And I think of that story of Jesus when the girl is brought to him. I can't remember the chapter verse reference, but she's brought to him for adultery and Jesus doesn't say anything. He just gets down and draws in the sand. Yep. That isn't Jesus affirming her actions. That's a picture of like, you know, maybe pump the brakes a little bit before we like cast stones. You know what I mean? Like, um, and so like, I'm not saying there isn't a time to speak and I'm not saying there isn't a time to judge, but 
before we can get that, we have to actually know what we're talking about. And well, I think that's what we're missing. If COVID has taught us anything, and, and it's interesting to see how much is being retracted now. I don't know if you've been seeing any of this stuff. There's been articles out about um, how some of the PCR tests were coming back positive for cases of the common cold and, and things like that. So like things that we've been saying for a long time that anybody who I would say has had their eyes open through all of this, talking about preventative care. There's a couple studies out now that talk about how ivermectin actually works, lo and behold, Shocking. right? Yeah. <laughs> and so there's there's these things that are slowly coming out. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people, there's a, a lot of uh, stuff coming out now as they're ending the mask mandates. Now the government is releasing information about how masks are ineffective, Right. People have forgotten that they were so quick to to give their why. This is why we should have been wearing masks. This is why we should all get vaccinated. This is why we should all. And now information is coming out that's making those people look foolish. And we forget that Proverbs seventeen twenty eight says, "Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent." The point here is. If you don't have something intelligent to say, if you don't have something educated to say, don't say anything about it. And so if you don't know what's going on in Russia and you don't know what's going on in Ukraine, you don't need to jump on the bandwagon of changing your profile picture and throwing up a flag. Uh, one of the first things that, that you and I were, did early on was we were talking about like what books can we get, whether they're ebooks or whatever, and you can listen through on, you know, you put them on two times speed or whatever. And just to get a general idea of some of the political history that's going on in that in that region. And that was really helpful just to help understand there's a lot of history here and there is a lot of pro-Russia sentiment in certain areas. So from Putin's point of view, so so let's talk for a little bit. I, I want to come back to the yeah, media yeah, yeah. thing because that's kind of the big thing. But let's talk a little bit about Russia because I think that the general consensus in the West right now is you are pro-Ukraine in this, right? You must be on Ukraine's side. And we're not saying we're pro-Russia, but what I would say is that I think there are reasons why we shouldn't be super pro-Ukraine. I, I don't necessarily think, at this point at least, this is something that Canada or the U.S. should get involved in. I don't think this would qualify as a just war for us to run in and, and defend Ukraine right now. Now, that, don't hear what I'm not saying, right? I'm not saying that we side with Putin or that we think that what he's doing is, is right. I think Putin's a wicked guy. He's yeah. Obviously, he's not a believer. He's a bad yeah. Just bad like dude. we thought Trump was a bad guy. Yeah. But like, bad people sometimes do things that aren't bad from their perspective that they're in. You know yeah. I mean? like, and there's a lot that we can look back on and, and be thankful for with Trump. And I think that there are some things, I, and we'll, we'll get into some of this stuff that, that I think Putin actually has right. So we are not pro the invasion of Ukraine, but we want Christians to consider a couple of things. Okay. So, so first of all, this comparison tends to get people thinking, because I've said it a few times to, to people in individual conversations, but that is, this is not unlike the Cuban Missile Crisis. It really isn't. That's a really good comparison, I think. So uh, obviously the Cuban Missile Crisis, um, there was uh, Russia and uh, Cuba came to some sort of an alliance, an agreement, and uh, Russia was going to put military bases, which includes missile silos, on Cuban soil. And the U.S. stepped in and said, no, like that, that's not happening. Why? Because Cuba is too close. We can't protect ourselves if there is that level of threat from our enemies that close. Well, what Putin is doing is he's watching all of the surrounding countries that, that sort of border Russia getting swallowed up by NATO. He's seeing the encroachment of his enemies getting closer and closer to Russian soil. And so Ukraine, where NATO wanted to put uh, military presence in eastern Ukraine, and Putin just said, no, that's, that's not, that, that, that's not going to be able to happen. 
not unlike the U.S. said to Russia all those years ago during the Cuban Missile Crisis. So that's one of the first things is, is to understand that at, at his very heart, Putin's actually a nationalist and he's just looking out for Russian interests in terms of protecting his people from their enemies, which seem to be encroaching. Before you can accurately think of what Russia's doing, you have to remember a couple things, and I think you're, I think you're bang on, is that Russia isn't a part of NATO. Right. That Russia is one of the so-called superpowers, so like not as much now, but for the last 80 years has been basically at, at odds for the, mo- for the most part with the West, with yep. Britain, North America. But the difference with Russia is that they don't, they don't have an ocean separating them from their enemies. They have borders that only exist on a map. Right. Like, so what ends up happening is that those countries, this is why the Soviet Union was a was a thing. They built the Berlin Wall to have a very physical representation of East versus West. That's right. But that's gone now. And now what happens is you get NATO, which the the organization in itself is to defend against the Russians. You know what I mean? (laughs) So like it it is the Russian enemy. You know what I mean? Like even though it's there is not it's not a shooting war right now, but we're still in a cold war between between nations. But you also have to remember you have you have Syria that is being armed and is a terrorist nation basically that is very close to Russia. You have Ukraine, the Czech Republic, Poland, all of these countries that border Russia that are no longer pro-Russia, right. and they're now joining NATO, which means they get armed by NATO and the, the they get West funding. They get West funding, and like the fundamental tenet of NATO is that if you attack one of us. Or if we attack you, all of us attack. Right. It's basically the mafia. You you fight one, you fight all. <laughs> right. Um, and so what ends up happening in the situation is like from a Russian perspective, you have to look that their borders are not secure at this point. Their borders aren't secure. If they were to be invaded, and I'm not saying, and like everybody who's hearing this is praising like, well, who's invading Russia? Nobody's going to attack Russia. From a Russian perspective, you have to remember that they need to protect their borders, right? Um, remember, America wanted to put a wall between Mexico and the <laughs> right. in this in the states, right? Like to protect their border. This is a normal thing. Right. Uh, this is a normal thing in a in a culture that's totally different than North America because we're not they're not separated by hundreds of miles of ocean. Yeah. If somebody was to invade Russia, they get to Moscow before Russia can stop them. I think the other thing we need to remember as Christians is that Russia's trying to protect a cultural identity as well, and with Poland, Greece. The Ukraine, they are very much pushing a propaganda and an agenda that is very different than what the Russian worldview would be. Well, and that's, and that's in a, like a thing of, as, as a leader of a country, you have to protect your country's values. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. So what we said early on about kind of um, where I think Christians can identify a little bit more with Putin than, than they ought to with Zelensky is, is that, you know, Putin really is sort of a, a guy who's taking a stand on behalf of his country against sort of the woke ideology of the West. So you got to ask yourself a couple of questions, I, I think. Maybe this will get back to, actually, maybe I'll leave that for the end, because we want to talk about like how to guard yourself against sort of the propaganda of legacy media. Putin, if you, you can go on and read his speeches, I, I've read a couple of his, his latest state addresses and, and speeches, and he really does view himself as sort of the last world leader standing against a wave of what he calls degradation. And what he's talking about is the deconstruction of the family. He's talking about the LGBT agenda. He's talking about queer theory and transgenderism. That is what he's talking about. 
And so much in the same way that non-Christian politicians in the West used to say that the family is the bedrock of society, that used to just be commonplace. That's a controversial statement now, but back then it never used to be. This is the sort of language that Putin still employs. Don't get me wrong. He's not doing it from a biblical perspective. He's not doing it because he's honoring the, the design of God, but I think he recognizes that the strength of the family directly relates to the strength of a nation. And so he is protecting the strength of his nation by upholding traditional family values. And he is. That's sort of his what he feels like part of his calling, if I can use that language, as a world leader is protecting his nation against the, the woke ideology of the West. And when you look at Ukraine, Ukraine is, is almost the opposite of that. I mean, not only is Zelensky himself very, very woke, very caught up in, in trans theory and all that kind of stuff, but uh, Ukraine itself is very, I would just say, far down the path of the sexual revolution. That's not to say Russia isn't, but he is trying to uphold or trying to uh, maybe resurrect traditional nuclear family values. He's also kind of taking that stand and he's, he's looking at himself. Somebody might say, why does he have to be so adversarial all the time, right? And I, this is part of it, right? Like he's trying to protect his nation against the trajectory that the entire rest of the world seems to be on in terms of moving towards this androgynous degradation. So the other thing, and you mentioned this, is we don't understand what it's like to be a part of Europe, where you have you know borders all over the place and you are living around all of your political allies and enemies, right? We, we really only have the states uh, here with us. So we don't quite understand that sort of burden that a world leader has in order to protect his own when he's literally surrounded by his enemies. And and you had mentioned this, that the original agreement with NATO was that a lot of those border countries weren't to be recruited by NATO because Russia didn't want them that close. And now they're all getting sort of yeah, swallowed the, into the NATO. For, the former Soviet Union countries were supposed to remain neutral. Right. As a, a very real buff, like they're independent sovereign nations, but a real, very real buff between Russia and the rest of the West, basically. Right. That is no longer the case. Right. Um, and part of the NATO agreement is that they armed those countries. You yeah. know what I mean? And like you mentioned the point of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Well, you have to remember that in a, in a world that could potentially go to war, first strike capability is huge because Absolutely. I can, yeah. you can take out my missile fields, therefore I cannot retaliate against you, which is the nuclear deterrent, right? Like, why did we not go to nuclear war? Because it's it's mutual destruction. You right. know what I mean? But if, uh, if you're able to put nuclear weapons in the Ukraine or Poland, all of a sudden Russia is crippled before they can retaliate against the Whoever. England, the, the United States. And that's a huge thing in a world where you have people like North Korea who want to launch nuclear weapons and who are actively saying they're going to launch <laughs> nuclear weapons. And you have a situation, obviously there's political tension in China, in yep. Japan, like Russia borders these countries where we don't border like Pakistan and Afghanistan and India, like where there's very real tension. You know what I mean? Yep. And so like, I'm only saying that to be like for Christians to hear, like, don't just shoot off at the mouth, get the information before, because it's a totally different ball game to be living in Moscow, Russia, as it is to be living in London, Ontario, or Toronto. And or to be able or to Moscow, say, Idaho. <laughs> or Moscow, Idaho. Just so it's said, I, don't, I hope people know you well enough and know me well enough to know that we're not downplaying the suffering that actually is happening. Right. You know what I mean? There is very real Ukrainian people that our hearts break for. I have a friend who's Ukrainian. I feel sick for her because her family's in, in trouble. My point is, is that like it's not as simple as Russia bad, Ukraine good. Right. 
and so therein lies the segue to sort of our call to action, if you will, or application for this. And that is, I do think whenever the media is trying to convince you of something, you should have the wisdom and discernment to stop and say, why? Right? Why is this the way it is? Why are we being told this? It's been interesting. I, I don't know if you followed any of that, the, the Ghost of Kiev plane that was from a, a simulator, a video game. There's just been footage shown that's, that's from war movies. There's um, all kinds of fake stuff just being posted. And it's interesting. So I'll kind of summarize what's going on in the media with one post that I thought was very, very interesting. CTV News, which is a local news station here in, in Ontario, they uh, posted a picture of two Ukrainian women in body armor with guns, is with this the, machine the fake guns. guns no, no, this is the real guns. There, there were some fake gun posts too, but and they had these these guns, and it basically was talking about how like even the domestic women are, are taking up arms, and you know, I can't remember who said it. War always gets ugly when women. Uh, that might have been Aslan actually. Doesn't Aslan say something like that to Lucy? That. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all that to say. I'm getting off track, but they put this out just as a sort of like, you know, the women in the Ukraine taking up arms to defend their homes. And then it was interesting because within half an hour, they took down the article and posted up an apology saying that they were unaware of an offensive symbol that was in the, the shot. So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Well, of course, nothing on the internet's ever actually gone. So somebody pulled it up. So then they reposted it with just some airbrushing or whatever done. So the symbol was off their body armor. Well, the, the symbol that was off on their body armor was a black sun. And if you look up that symbol, black sun was a, a subsect of the Nazi regime. One of the things that Putin talks about is trying to denazify Ukraine. You were telling me actually um, some stuff about the the Nazi party and it kind of truly getting kind of a resurgence in Europe. You can research all this information, particularly in the former Soviet Union countries. Which the, which all border Russia. Like exactly. That's what we're exactly, saying. And right? these so, are the ones that um, are that are, are the problem because NATO is is now wanting to arm them and, and okay. Exactly. Well. Like so there's an increased percentage of the popular vote that is going to nationalistic right-wing extremist groups. The overarching group is a group that's out of Greece, which is called the Golden Dawn, um, but they have political groups and it's the rebirth of the Nazi party because part of like, again, we don't want to get into a big history lesson, but part of what causes extreme nationalism is what exactly what's happening now is everybody turns on a country and blames them for everything. Gas prices are bad, Russia. I mean, like our economy sucks, Russia. Our election didn't go the way we want, Russia. You know what I mean? And so what ends up happening is that creates an internal focus in a country. And what ends up happening is there becomes a breaking point where people start being like, okay, we're the bad guys and we're going to be it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but like what's happening in a lot of those countries. So for instance, like if you look it up 53 seats in Switzerland, which is a neutral country are held by right wing conservative Nazi parties. And I'm not talking about like conservative right wing. Well, I'm talking that, about I was like just going to say we should, we should like, be, we should be um, because the trucker convoy was labeled as a white right wing extremist group. Right. So there is a, uh, a way in which all conservatives are just viewed as right-wing Nazis now, but we're talking about like actual, real, yeah, Third fun, Reich, like like, <laughs> t- like looking at actual Nazi literature. Like, like neo-fascist. Yeah. yeah, like actual neo-fascists. So Slovakia right now, 17 of their seats in their parliament are held by these parties. Right. Poland, they don't hold any seats, but 6% of the actual vote is for these people. So like, I just say that to say like, when Putin says he's trying to denazify, de-nazify Ukraine... 
I don't think he's being 100% altruistic to say that's his only motivation. Of course. Um, he isn't also wrong. Completely wrong. You know what I mean? Like, and that's kind of what we're getting about, like the discernment of like, you have to have wisdom in the, and, in the circumstances. And that's right? where you come back to this post by CTV News. So now they're going to put the same picture up, but they're going to take that symbol off. Why? Because they're trying to push a narrative, and the narrative is Ukraine good, Russia bad. But these particular Ukrainian women had a Nazi symbol on their uniforms. Well, that goes against the narrative, because they're supposed to be the good guys, and Nazis are always the bad guys. And it is funny that the Russians are being called Nazis when there are actual Nazis in Ukraine who are fighting them. Again, I'm not, we're not trying to say now, you know, Ukraine bad, Russia good. We're not saying no, that no, at all. Exactly. What we're trying to say is that there's bad people on both sides here, and you need to be discerning when news articles come out like this because they're trying to push an agenda. There was a reason that the COVID narrative went from deaths to ICUs to hospitalizations to cases because they were still trying to push an agenda of fear, but the death totals weren't doing it anymore. So they needed something else to make you afraid. These are the sorts of small, subtle things that, again, the trucker convoy, oh, look at how the Nazis are are defaming. And actually, one of the things that was interesting, originally it happened was there was a, a hat that was put on Terry Fox's statue and a Canadian flag. How was that headlined? defacing a monument, right? Which is interesting because during the Gay Pride Week in Ottawa, they put a rainbow flag on Terry Fox's uh, statue and basically a, a boob hat. That's not defacing because we're okay with that. So far gone are the days when the media is just telling you what's going on in the world. Everybody is pushing an agenda on you. And so I say that, number one, I don't think you should be getting your, your news from the legacy media because of how in bed they are with, with the corrupt leaders of, of all of our nations. But as Christians, I honestly think we should always approach the official narrative, whether that's coming from the health unit or your federal leaders or mainstream media, whatever the official narrative is, your default position should be one of skepticism. And so I don't know what's coming next, but I do know this, that COVID, they wanted you to believe a very particular thing. About the trucker convoy, they wanted you to believe a very particular thing. About this Russia-Ukraine conflict, they want you to believe a very particular thing. And I would say, don't be so simple-minded. Don't do that. In fact, um, the proverb that comes to my mind is uh, in Proverbs 20, 23, when it says, unequal weights are an abomination to the Lord and false scales are not good. The idea is that the media is only showing you one side of the conflict, only making one side good guys, only making, and, and they're doing that in whatever it is that they're covering. That's an abomination to the Lord. God hates that. God hates it when equal measures are not given to each side. And so, you know, you should see through the fact that your prime minister, I'm talking to Canadians now, you should see through the fact that your prime minister would not go outside the doors of parliament to have a conversation with thousands of his own citizens who are concerned about freedom, but he will get on a private plane and go around Europe for a week doing photo ops to fight for the freedom of Ukrainians, right? There is a global agenda that's going on right in front of you. Don't get swallowed into it because that's what's behind all of this stuff. So all that to say, be discerning, do your homework. The Bereans were commended in scripture for not just listening to what was told to them by the apostle Paul, who's a trustworthy guy, far more trustworthy than your mainstream media or your Justin Trudeau's. And yet they were commended by him because 
they went home, they searched the scriptures, they did their own legwork, their own homework to see whether or not the things that he was telling them were true. Absolutely. And that's what we should be doing as Christians. Do your own homework, figure out what's going on. Don't buy into this, uh, this idea that you just have to listen to the experts because the experts have been lying to you about things for years. And that should be expected. We've, we've talked so many times on this podcast about there is no neutrality. That's right. Nothing is neutral. That means the media people, the people who are giving you the information are not neutral, which means they have an agenda. Yeah. That can be, you know, Fox News and their agenda is conservative. It can be CBC and their agenda is hateful, which means every news outlet, everything that's coming out has an agenda that's uh, that's trying to, a worldview they're trying to, to teach you, which is why as Christians, we need to be rooted in, the, in God's word because we know that is truth. That is the filter, how we filter everything we read, everything we see. Everything we talk about gets filtered through the truth of the word of God, because that's the only thing. Again, it's not neutral either. It says Jesus is king. Deal with it. Right. Right. So, but that is a truth. Right. So like, but what the media portrays is simply their worldview being pushed on, pushed on to us. And if anything, the last two years have taught us that they're not telling us the truth about anything. That's right. Until it's convenient for them. So. All right, so Christian, go, be discerning, um, fi- find trustworthy places to get your, your sources of news, recognizing that even the ones that you like, even the ones that are trustworthy, also have an agenda, also have a worldview out of which they are operating. Your job as a Christian is to be a good Berean, whether that's searching the scriptures, whether that's searching geopolitical history, whether that's uh, going up to Ottawa and seeing things for yourself. Um, your job as a Christian is to live not by the lies that are given to you by, by the media. Um, your job as a Christian is to live out truth, which means you need to figure out what truth is. Amen? All right. We'll see you next time.